largest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Turn it on and rip the knob off. And welcome back to the Wrestling Memory Grenade. And we're at episode 82 this week, finishing up the month of May in 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation. And I am your host, a returning Ray Russell here this week. Yes, I'm still just slightly under the weather. If I had to rank myself, I put myself maybe at about 95% now, but I do sound better if I do say so myself. And I feel a lot better as well. So I figured we better get back to the grind. Lots of shows to put out this week. And it all starts here with the Grenade, episode 82. We're going to finish up May of 87 in the WWF. Going to look at the rest of TV here for the month of May. And we're going to end with the June 1st edition of Primetime Wrestling. So this week, we're going to talk about Bobby Heenan. He says he's going to reveal his latest addition to the Heenan family. Brand new tag team headed their way. Plus, the one-man gang will make his WWF debut. Brutus Beefcake continues to wage war against luscious Johnny V and the new Dream Team. We'll have a special Memorial Day weekend matchup. In a bit of a rarity, WWF champion Hulk Hogan going to defend his title on syndicated TV against Cowboy Bob Orton. Plus, Bobby Heenan's attorney, Lance Wilshire, arrives for an entire edition of Primetime Wrestling to close this episode of The Grenade. All of that and sound bites galore here this week on The Grenade Show. And you guys can listen to the Wrestling Memory Grenade and our sister shows like Monday Warfare, The Battles Within, where we talk Raw versus Nitro, week-to-week breakdown of the entire Monday Night War. And also, you can listen to our brand new podcast, the Regional Wrestling Podcast, where we talk the territories, all part of the WrestleCopia Podcast Network on WrestleCopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com. And anywhere your podcast streaming needs are met, from Apple to Spotify, Google, and beyond. And of course, you guys can follow us on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R A S S L I N Grenade. Also, follow and like us Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Follow us on social media for all the latest goings on at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. And I'm also constantly adding old school video clips and pictures from throughout wrestling history. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find us there at youtube.com slash wrestling grenade, uploading new footage all the time as I continue to preserve my old VHS collection by converting it all to digital. Most recently, I've added tons more WWF from 87, more episodes of Mid-South Wrestling, now the UWF from 1986, and a whole lot more. Go check it out once again. That address is youtube.com slash grenade. Be sure to subscribe. And if I haven't mentioned it before, now is a great time to become a patron, a WrestleCopia patron, that is. You can find us there at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That's patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Multiple tiers to choose from, but I only ask you guys to give it a go at that $5 all-access tier. Get you all of my insanely detailed show notes for the Wrestling Memory Grenade Monday Warfare and now the Regional Wrestling Podcast as well. You'll also receive early access to many of the podcasts here on WrestleCopia. Listen days and sometimes as much as a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. Plus, remastered versions of the earliest episodes of The Grenade covering the 1989 NWA project includes enhanced sound quality and new content and conversations 
originally edited out of the initial broadcast due to time restraints, edited right back into the shows. But that's not all. You'll also receive digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure. And of course, our Patreon-exclusive watch-along series covering many past WWF and WCW pay-per-views, Coliseum videos, Saturday night's main events, Clash of the Champions, and so much more. All of that for the low, low price of just $5. It's early access, insanely detailed show notes for three of our podcast shows, Patreon-exclusive watch-alongs, remastered episodes with new content edited in, digital downloads, plus, from time to time, I'll even throw in some random wrestling videos for your viewing pleasure. All of that and so much more for just $5, guys. No subscription, cancel anytime. Show your support to the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. Give it a try for a month, and I think you'll like the content we offer. And every penny of it, guys, goes right back in to the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. So please help us pay some of the bills to keep WrestleCopia and all of our podcasts up and running for the months and the years to come. All right, and with all the formalities out of the way, it's time to jump back into 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation as we close out the month of May. We're going to take a look at the final two weeks of TV here in May of 1987 in the WWF. It all begins with the special Memorial Day weekend edition of WWF Superstars. All right, and here it is, the May 23rd edition of WWF Superstars of Wrestling, taped back May 12th in Anaheim, California, at the Convention Center. It's Vince McMahon, Jesse the Body Ventura, and Bruno San Martino on commentary, and we kick things off this week with a very special promo from the WWF champion, Hulk Hogan. All right, thank you, Vince McMahon. As you know, we are celebrating Memorial Day this weekend. And here to lead in the celebration, the personification of the red, white, and blue himself, heavyweight champion Hulk Hogan. Well, you don't mean, gee, everybody knows that America is known as the land of the free and the home of the brave. And the bravest Americans of all are the ones we're going to honor this weekend, man. They paid the ultimate price for liberty, the ultimate price for freedom. Yeah, man, they're the ones that I'm dedicating this match to because they've been to the mountaintop. So people like you, me, and all of us can live in the greatest country in the world. Yeah, I promise you, on this celebration of Memorial Day weekend, I'm going to take with me into the ring the pride of all those Americans that paid the ultimate price. Oh, America, you are indeed beautiful heavyweight champ Hulk Hogan. I thank you. Right now, let's get up to the ring for our opening bout. Special promo there from the WWF champ. After all, it is Memorial Day weekend, brother. And the Hulkster dedicating his match tonight against Cowboy Bob Orton to the American soldiers that paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. How cool of you, dude. As we're off to the ring, it's the former Intercontinental Champion, the Macho Man Randy Savage, with the lovely Miss Elizabeth taking on Jerry Monty. Jesse Ventura on commentary is excited that Hulk Hogan dedicated his match here tonight to the body. Ventura pointing out he is the only veteran around here. And as the match gets going, we had an insert promo from the IC champion, Ricky Steamboat. The steamer says he has an open contract for anyone, including you, Macho Man. Steamboat states that 1987 is the year of the dragon. Then it's back to the ring for the action. Macho Man off the top rope to the floor with the big double axe handle. 
The fans absolutely eating it up, popping to their feet for the Macho Man here. And remember, he's still a heel. Then back inside, the patented flying elbow drop will get the win. Savage, one foot on the chest of Jerry Monty to pick up this one in just one minute and 33 seconds. The Macho Man gunning for that IC title. He feels that he should have never really lost. As we're off now to the latest edition of Update. Standing by Craig DeGeorge, he has a special report about the future of superstar Billy Graham. Hi everyone, his name well synonymous with greatness in wrestling. Superstar Billy Graham, his career a model for excellence. His tenacity and intimidation paved the way to the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight title. Then it all came to a tragic halt, a hip injury. And we'll have more on that in a moment. But first, a look at the superstar in action. Superstar Billy Graham. That was easy work for him. Well, superstar Billy Graham continued to be the most feared man in wrestling. He was on top of the squared circle world, but then a tragic blow. His hip jarred, his career deemed over. That the word from world-renowned orthopedic specialist Dr. Lawrence Doerr. Superstar has a destroyed hip with a smashed head of his femur, which is the ball of the joint. We are going to put this metal stem down into Superstar's bone and replace that with a metal ball on the top of the femur. This will articulate with a plastic socket on the other side of the joint. You can see that with this type of a hip replacement, it will be impossible for Superstar Billy Graham to ever wrestle again. He will be able to walk. So Graham's career looked to be over. The champ's final bell had rung with massive hip surgery coming back to wrestling, just not conceivable. But that was the doctor's word, what the critics were saying. And of course, only one man could have the final say on this matter. And at least before surgery, it was quite apparent that the superstar had already made up his mind. Uh, superstar Billy Graham, my career will not be over. Even though the surgeons told me, Superstar Billy Graham, your career is finished. You'll never wrestle again. The Superstar Billy Graham will come back. I am the survivor. All right, next week we'll take you to the operating room and get an update on the recovery. Can the superstar live up to his word? Return to the ring? Well, we'll find out next week. With this special report, I'm Craig DeGeorge. All right, and DeGeorge introducing a piece there on the hopeful return of the superstar. The doctor says that Graham has a destroyed hip, a smashed head on the femur, which is the ball of the joint. They're going to try to replace it with a metal ball and a plastic socket. Doesn't sound fun. The doc feels that it's impossible for superstar Graham to ever step in the ring again. Meanwhile, Billy Graham isn't so sure. He vows to return to the ring if it's the last thing that he does, even if the doctors think he can't. Going to be interesting. We're going to continue to follow the story of superstar Billy Graham here over the next several weeks. And before we head back to the ring, we get a Killer Khan vignette. He's uh, supposedly in quote-unquote Japan here. Fuji doing voiceover work here as we get random facial expressions from Killer Khan as he meditates. Okay. So Killer Khan makes his in-ring debut, and then he gets vignettes. Obviously, they're looking to give him that extra oomph here, but I don't know if this is it. Just an interesting vignette. A bunch of funny faces made by Killer Khan in his meditation state while Fuji doing the usual evil devil, make him suffer type promo there. And we're back to the ring for the newest tag team, at least for this week. It's Hillbilly Jim and Outback Jack teaming up to take on the team of Buddy Ryder and Dave Barbie. Outback Jack out with a new buzz cut look now, courtesy of the British Bulldogs. 
Remember the story I told a couple weeks ago about the Bulldogs putting super glue on Outback Jack's hair, leading to him having to rip the hat off his head, pulling a bunch of hair out. And there's a couple matches out there. Jack refused to cut his hair at first. And he looks absolutely ridiculous, kind of missing hair on top, and then the rest of it's still intact. And at least at this point, Jack has shaved his head. Still looks ridiculous, but what you gonna do? As we get an insert promo from Hillbilly Jim and Outback Jack, they're the two men talking about trading their special recipes. Hillbilly Jim gonna give Outback some black-eyed peas. Meanwhile, Outback offers Hillbilly Jim some kangaroo tail soup. And then it's to the ring. Hillbilly Jim having a little fun early on with Buddy Ryder busts out a big boot and a cartwheel before Outback Jack tags in with the boomerang bulldog on Ryder. Gonna get the win in 2 minutes and 24 seconds and a little do do dancing after the matchup. And say what you will, and this match wasn't very good, but it was over with the kids. And I'd buy these two as an underneath tag team. And speaking of tag teams, we're going to head off to Mean Gene Okerlund, going to conduct his very first promo this week with Jacques and Raymond, the fabulous Rougeau brothers. All right, hi again, everybody. Mean Gene Okerlund, welcome to the superstars of wrestling. I've just got to bring in this tremendous tandem. They hail from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and I don't care where I travel, anywhere in the world. A lot of conversation about these two gentlemen. Come on in, Raymond and Jacques, the fabulous Rougeaus. You're red hot right now. You got a couple of people in mind, I think, that we could talk about this week. I'm talking about the new dream team of Valentine and Dino Bravo. An old friend of yours, Jacques? <laughs> That's very funny, Mean Gene. Well, I don't think well, so. Well, you know what's funny, too, is we're red hot. We just arrived from Tucson, Arizona. It was really hot. But the main thing now is, you know, we've been traveling a lot, and we say that time flies. Well, so do the Rougeau brothers, Mean Gene. Indeed. And Bravo and Valentine, there's one thing we'd like to keep in mind, is that every time we're going to step in the ring with you guys, it's going to be a battle. I've explained it before. We're not going to go in and try and sweep you guys out of the ring in 15 seconds or five minutes because you guys are too powerful for us. But we're going to get you on a 20-minute match and a 25-minute match where stamina comes in. You know, Raymond, I could go all the way back to WrestleMania 3, and it was quite obvious the appearance of Dino Bravo really upset the apple cart. Well, you know me and Gene, that's what started it all, because Dino Bravo had no business at WrestleMania. No. He had no business there whatsoever. And, you know, you look at the whole, all the, the events that have gone down, the way they dumped Brutus Beefcake, the way Bravo got involved with the match. I mean, you can see a whole big conspiracy there. But you know what happens? I mean, down the road, they're going to have to come, you know, to... To get punished for what they did or what face to face with the Rougeau face to brothers. face that's right so all the bad things they've done are all going to come down one day and fall on their head we've well, said it before mean gene good things come to those who wait bravo valentine right. we're waiting they are patient men and i think the word you were searching for reciprocity thank you the fabulous rougeaus well time flies and so do the rougeaus looking forward to their matches against the new dream team here on the house show circuit and it's at this point in the show we see the fabulous moolah the WWF ladies champion shilling, what else but WWF ice cream bars. Moolah takes a bite out of the ice cream before she realizes she's biting the head off of George Steele. And of course, ha 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 ha, Vince McMahon loves it. And it's back to the ring for our latest debut. It is a large fellow by the name of the One Man Gang. And he apparently will be managed by the Doctor of Style Slick. One man gang stepping in the ring against Jesse Cortez here. And we get an insert promo early on in this matchup from Slick and the gang. One man gang says he likes to cripple people for the cash. And as the match gets going, gang attacks Cortez in an elevated double-handed choke before dropping Cortez to the mat. And then gang follows that up with a giant suplex. Wow. 
One-man gang then up to the middle rope, driving Cortez down in a bulldog of sorts. He calls that move the Master Blaster, we'll find out. But the big man is not done yet. Gang going back up to the middle rope again, flying off. And I do mean flying off with a big elbow drop to the back of the head of poor Jesse Cortez. Oof, that's got to hurt. Nasty elbow drop. Gang picking up the win here in 1 minute and 47 seconds. And you might be asking, why is Gang doing a middle rope bulldog, an elbow drop? Well, with King Kong Bundy still around somewhere, and Kamala, both men doing splashes already. You don't need three guys doing the big splash. So at this point, Gang stuck coming up with a different finisher. Impressive agility from the Gang here for this era, but I don't know that the big man should be doing this every week, which is why this finisher will change as we'll come to see. But for right now, it's back to Mean Gene Oakland. He's got yet another promo coming up. This time, it's a poem from Leaping Lanny Poffo as he talks about Jerry's kids and muscular dystrophy. All right, stay tuned. We're going to get you back up into the ring here in just a moment or two for more exciting World Wrestling Federation action. you got to like this guy. He is from Donners Grove, Illinois, and he is truly hung in in the World Wrestling Federation. You knock this guy down, he gets right back up again, and he just happens to be the Poet Laureate of the World Wrestling Federation. Leaping Lanny Poffo, come on in. Leopoldani, I imagine you've got one of those patented gems uh, for us uh, this week. Well, thank you very much. You know, as Poet Laureate, I do take on a diversity of topics, and sometimes the people go wild, and sometimes I'm pelted with eggs. This particular poem has nothing to do with wrestling, but it has a lot to do with a lot of things that people are interested in. And I'm talking, of course, about Jerry Lewis Muscular Dystrophy Telethon. All right, let's hear it. Jerry Lewis has some kids that need your helping hand and a miracle or two from up above. Every year his telethon reminds us we're a family united by the healing bonds of love. Helping those less fortunate is never out of style. There's a human being in each wheelchair. Every dollar says I love you in a very special way. So dig down deep and show them that you care. It brings great satisfaction when you know you've done your best. For here on earth, God's work must be our own. When he sings his final song, let's all join in together. So one day Jerry's kids can walk alone. Well, I'll tell you what, that is very touching. As you know, Leap and Lanny Poffel, I'm a very good friend of Jerry Lewis, and I had an opportunity recently to talk to Jerry in Las Vegas, and, and his work continues on, and it's absolutely marvelous, and I'm glad you could come up with something very appropriate for this great man and that great cause. Thank you very much, Mean Gene. Now I'm going to go off and do some more wrestling. I thank you very much. He is the Poet Laureate of the World Wrestling Federation. Very nicely done. That's a nice touch. From Leap and Laddie Poffo, one of the great ones, one of the great superstars that you see here each and every week in the World Wrestling Federation. Stay tuned, we've got some important messages, and then we're back with more action. Fun little segment there from Leaping Lanny, a poem about Jerry's kids and the Memorial Day weekend Jerry Lewis telethon. As we head back to the arena, we see a clip from Saturday night's main event, Dangerous Danny Davis costing George the Animal Steel the match versus Macho Man Randy Savage, so... Apparently, Davis and Steele is a thing now. And to the ring, it is Ken Patera taking on the gladiator, Rick Hunter in the hood. We get an insert promo early on from Billy Jack Haynes. He talks about Ken Patera, who is proud to have paid his debt to society and be an American. Billy Jack Haynes supports his fellow Oregonian, Ken Patera. And to the ring, Kenny fairly over here with the fans on his intro, but as he gets going, looks really rough trying to give some basic arm drags. Patera, though, with a backbreaker, and then launches Gladiator across the ring with that awesome-looking body slam, that body toss. Does it once, gets such a big pop. Patera decides, I'm going to do it again. Throws Gladiator across the ring twice with that body launch of his. Always cool to see. And then it's the bear hug 
Going to pick up the submission win here for Patera. Just two minutes and two seconds. And Kenny's still gunning for Bobby Heenan, no doubt at this point. But And while Patera has a pretty cool-looking body slam, that was about it here. To be honest with you guys, Patera blows up quick and doesn't have good mobility in the ring either. Seems very stiff in the body and the joints. Doesn't look to be anywhere near ring shape at this point. And I don't know that he ever gets back in it. As we're off to a Superstars edition of the Snake Pit. Yes, this marks the Snake Pit's debut edition on WWF Superstars moving away from Challenge. Remember, we had Piper's Pit. Piper retires after WrestleMania 3 was supposed to be replaced here by Missy Hyatt and Missy's Manor. But Missy, well, they tell her it's not working out, and she quits the company, doesn't want to be a federette. So it takes a little bit, but they come up with the idea of just taking Jake Roberts' Snake Pit and moving it over to Superstars, especially with Jake out of the ring right now. Remember Jake with the injury. And this week's guests, it's members of the Heenan family, Bobby the Brain Heenan, King Harley Race, and the Mighty Hercules, and sigh. Even Jake gets in on the ring around the collar jokes here. Jake's more clever than that. They had to have told him to come out here and say this. We've heard everyone in the, in the entire business at this point make the ring around the collar joke from Vince McMahon to Gorilla Monsoon. Hell, Missy Hyatt made it on Missy's Manor, and that never even made TV. Of course, Kenny Patera made the joke, and now even Jake Roberts getting in on the ring around the collar here on the poor brain, who is still indeed wearing that neck brace. And Bobby Heenan, though, he wants to talk that ex-con, number 59919, Ken Patera. As we see clips from last week, Harley Race attacking Patera from behind during Patera's match with the Mighty Hercules. And for those who don't remember, Patera had Hercules almost put away with his bear hug finisher when Bobby Heenan sicked the King Harley Race on Patera, attacking him from behind causing the DQ as the Heenan family laid out the Olympic strongman. And it's at this point in the snake pit that Hercules says that he chose to return from the heavens with the powers of all the immortals in the form we're looking at right now. Wow, that's pretty deep. Hercules returning from the heavens, from the gods in the heavens above, being gifted all of their immortal powers. My God, you think he should be champion. And he chooses this form, the form that we see him in right here. God, I love these 87 promos from Hercules. Then Harley Race gets to say his piece. He says that Patera signed his death warrant with what he did to Bobby Heenan during that debate. Death warrant? That's kind of harsh, Harley. That's pretty much here on the Snake Pit segment. Clearly the entire Heenan family, specifically Hercules and Harley Race, gunning for Ken Patera. So it looks like Hercules slowly moving out of that feud with Billy Jack Haynes and none too soon. They haven't been given Haynes much to do on TV at all outside of some really odd tag team and six-man tag partners. And okay, guys, here it is. Back to the ring. As promised, the special Memorial Day weekend main event. It's WWF champion Hulk Hogan, live and in living color, if you will, baby, in public. Here on syndicated TV, going to defend that WWF championship against Cowboy Bob Orton with Mr. Fuji in his corner. And wouldn't you know it, the Hulkster brings a giant American flag to the ring with him as Jesse reiterates on commentary that Hogan has dedicated this match to all the veterans, namely the body. And I can't stress to you guys enough how special this is. This was truly special for the time. Hulk Hogan, the WWF champion, wrestling on syndicated TV. But wait, uh-oh. Is that referee? Is that Joey Morella? Are we going to do this again? Joey Morella already blamed for costing Andre the title at WrestleMania 3. And now he gets the honors of calling this match as well. We're going to have to see how it goes. Bob Orton tries to gain control early on, but winds up clotheslined over the top rope and out to the floor. But then back inside, the Cowboy tries for an Irish whip, 
but the champion reverses, and Orton takes a bump upside down in the corner, and then the Hulkster for another Irish whip, sending Bob Orton flying over the top turnbuckle, halfway hanging out on the other side of the ring, and then back inside again, Hogan with a big scoop slam and a trifecta of elbow drops. Brother? That might be the most bumps in succession that Hogan's taken in years. And what's he going to pull out of his bag next? Hulk Hogan going to work here with the Axe Bomber. Boom! And it connects. One, two, but this is in Japan. So Bob Orton kicks out. And the match continues on. Hulk Hogan whipping Orton hard into the corner. So hard that the top turnbuckle actually breaks, guys. You heard me right. The top turnbuckle has broken. And the top rope is now sagging in a WWF Championship match featuring Hulk Hogan. Which leads me to ask the question... What you gonna do? Orton resting in the corner, broken turnbuckle and all. Hogan follows in with a big clothesline, but the top rope then collapses even more. Oh shit, what are they gonna do now? And it's Mr. Fuji up on the apron to distract as Cowboy Bob attacks the champion from behind and plants him with a big backbreaker. From there, the challenger with a knee lift sending Hogan through the ropes out to the floor where Mr. Fuji attacks the Hulkster with his cane as we head into a commercial break. And if you guys thought back from break that the ropes would be fixed, well, you'd be thinking wrong. Back from break, the top rope still broken as Bob Orton on the outside, driving an elbow into the throat of the Hulkster who's hanging off the apron. Dude. And Bob, he he seems to want to go to that top rope, but it ain't happening, cowboy. Ain't nobody climbing that top rope. Bummer. Nevertheless, the challenger keeping the champion down. Orton working Hogan over, attempting multiple pinfalls, growing frustrated. And Hogan kicking out at the two count each and every time. And Hulk finally blocks a turnbuckle smash to the corner and begins running back and forth, driving Bob into the buckle instead. Until the cowboy cuts him off. And I think Orton wanted to go for his patented pump splash here off the middle rope. But again, the ropes are broken, so Orton simply drops a leg. Yes, Bob Orton with his own leg drop, which I guess we're supposed to take as his finisher here. It's one, two... But Hulk Hogan kicks out, and you guessed it, Hulk's up! Hogan back to his feet, three punches, rocking the cowboy and sending him into the corner. And with the rope broke, Hogan, instead of whipping Orton off the ropes, whips him across the ring into the corner buckle instead. Orton bouncing out right into the big boot, and the Hulk Hogan leg drop. Gonna get the pin here in one, two, and three. Hulk Hogan picks up the win in just about nine minutes of action here on Superstars. And as the champion celebrates, we see pictures of military graveyards as Jesse realized that Joey Morella was the referee again. Said that at the beginning of the match, Jess. But the body says he has no hostility here tonight for the Hulkster because Hogan dedicated this match to him. How kind of you, Jesse. Now as for the match, thought it was fun enough. Orton sold big, took some fun bumps. It's just really too bad that the rope broke early on. I feel like the cowboy wanted to do a little more, but but he simply couldn't. Couldn't do his pump splash out of the corner. Definitely couldn't do his superplex off the top rope. And these guys just had to call an audible in the ring, and and it still worked. The fans were happy. But I hadn't seen this match in so long, I honestly forgot that the rope broke until I went back and watched it here this time. The head scratcher here for me is Vince loved to redo, retake things all the time. Why not reshoot this? Why not fix that top rope and do this thing the right way? But the consummate pro Bob Orton works through this, and Hulk Hogan does a good job himself. Really impressed with some of the things Hogan did here. It was a little more than your typical WWF Hogan match anyway. And guys, you can like him or not. You can like Hulk Hogan or not. Seeing him wrestle on TV was a super treat and felt big time. 
for the holiday. Again, I have to use the word special. And we're off one more time to Mean Gene, or is it Gene Mean? Standing by this time with the Doctor of Style Slick, he's got with him the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. All right, these three men, obviously, the focal point of a lot of controversy in the World Wrestling Federation. Slick, this is Memorial Day weekend at the good old U.S. of A. What's he doing with that Iranian flag? What does it look like he's doing? Well, he's holding it up. This is not the time to the place. Why not? Well, he's not an American. He's an Iranian. He's proud of his heritage. He should let the people know that he's from one of the greatest countries in the world today. A country that's not like America, prejudiced, biased, and typical of what you are, a known bigot. Buster. Buster. That's what I said, and I hope you don't like it. Let me tell you something, because I don't have time to small talk with you, because you are here to interview and not interrupt. All right, Holmes. Now, I want the people to know that these two men standing before you right now represent the greatest wrestling machine and organization in the world today. All right, with that, I'm going to move right up. Thank you, Slick. Very good. Nikolai Volkov, there's a man who doesn't particularly care for your vocal efforts you're singing, and that's Hacksaw Jim Duggan. You know, there is not a live American in the whole world that could scare me. There is not one American, especially the ugly, dirty, hippie Jim Duggan, who can come in a ring with two by four. I tried to make me stop singing my Russian national anthem. Do you know why I sing Russian slander before every match? Why is that? That's a man of the victory. Song of the victory because Russia never lost the war and Russian wrestler Nikolai Vulko never lost the match against any American. That's right, Sheikh. Wait a minute. Hold on just a second here. On this Memorial Day weekend, I'd like to point out that the United States of America bailed Russia out of World War II, for your information. Now, Iron Sheik, That's lie. I get so upset. Well, Jin Min, I don't know why you get excited and excited and upset because Russia and all country Persia, as far as, as, as I know, and you know, and every intelligent American, my manager know, that's because we are so best and good lot of jealous in this country. Plus, Jin Min, you're talking, you're asking about some silly question about Memorial Day, whatever. Memorial Be- Day? Yeah, whatever. Well, that's a holiday here in this country. Well, good for you and good for your American people. We didn't we come to America to show for the people for, for one thing, only resting. Background of the Persia, background of the, uh, and the Soviet Union, and also my Jim manager, yes. my manager explained it Jim good Duggan. too. Duggan. Jim Duggan, Duggan, whatever your name is, you come with a four by two. Duggan, it's Duggan. Yeah, four by Duggan. two, but remember, you're gonna get it back sooner or later. It's all a two over by four, and his name is Duggan, I thank you. Quick, Nikolai Volkov for the Iron Sheik, you guys are something else, really. And I love the back-and-forth banter there between Gene and Slick. Just the simplest of things. Buster? Buster? Oh, the audacity to call Mean Gene Buster. Okay, then you're Holmes instead, I guess. Nikolai Volkov talking about that hippie Jim Dugan. That's Duggan, Nikolai. Not that you'll have to talk about him here for much longer. But Mean Gene talking America's Memorial Day holiday. Just to upset the foreigners here, the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. As we close out this edition of Superstars, we have a special message from the brain. You know, I got good news for you humanoids, and I got bad news for everybody in professional wrestling, because the Bobby Heenan family is growing, and it's growing, and it's going to get stronger, and it's going to get bigger. Yes, not only the addition of the people I already have, 
there's going to be a brand new tag team joining the joining the Bobby Heenan family. Next week, everybody's going to know my big surprise. All right, and Bobby Heenan promising that next week, right here on Superstars, he will unveil the newest tag team, tag team guys, to join the Heenan family. I, for one, can't wait to see who that will be. And before we head off to our next TV program, the WWF going everywhere in the month of June. It's the WWF on tour. It's the World Wrestling Federation on tour coming to these great areas and facilities with action. Saturday, June 6th, Boston, Massachusetts, Boston Garden. Danny Davis among those on the card in Boston. Friday, June 5th, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, State Fair Arena. Hacksaw Jim Duggan returns to Oklahoma City. Friday, June 5th, Richfield, Ohio, Richfield Coliseum. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat title defense in Richfield. Friday, June 5th, Rosemont, Illinois, Rosemont Horizon. Champion Hulk Hogan in action at the Horizon. Thursday, June 4th, Dayton, Ohio, Hara Arena. George the Animal Steel among those on the card in Dayton. Thursday, June 4th, Omaha, Nebraska, Omaha Civic Auditorium. The Hunky Talk Man will be in action in Omaha. Wednesday, June 3rd, Rochester, New York, Rochester War Memorial. Macho Man Randy Savage among those on the card in Rochester. It's the World Wrestling Federation. Be a part of it when it comes to your area. And be a part of it when it comes to your area. And this episode of The Grenade rolls on. It's time for WWF Wrestling Challenge, May 24th, 1987. This edition of Challenge taped back May 13th, San Diego, California, at the Sports Arena. And of course, Gorilla Monsoon, along with Bobby the Brain Heenan, neck brace and all. As we're off to the ring, it's our feature match right out of the gate, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, taking on one half of the new Dream Team. In fact, his replacement in that team, it's Dino Bravo. With luscious Johnny V in his corner, we get an insert promo right away from the Rougeau brothers. They say that after the barber shop, the new Dream Team will learn there's a Rougeau shop. I wrote, lame. Rougeau's not very good at the babyface promos. However, they proved to be very good at the heel promos. But that's a long ways off, so we head back to the ring. Beefcake gets the best of Bravo early on, causing him to bail and regroup with his manager, Johnny V, on the outside. Then back in the ring, Bravo goes to the eyes and takes over with a gut-wrench suplex. And Dino Bravo dropping the big leg and a body slam. Only gets a two count. You're doing it out of order, brother. Instead of doing the slam and then the leg drop, Bravo with the leg drop and then the slam. That might be why you only got two there. Of course, you shouldn't be stealing Hulk Hogan's moves. From there, though, it's the barber. Then on the comeback, after a big clothesline and an inverted atomic drop before Dino Bravo takes a really shitty backdrop. Shitty bump there from Bravo. No shocker. And then it's Johnny V up on the apron, but Beefcake knocks him off. Back down to the floor and Brutai applies the sleeper hold on Dino Bravo, and it may be night-night time, maybe a little cutting and strutting on Dino Bravo here, but no, from behind, Greg the Hammer Valentine attacks Beefcake, drawing the disqualification in three minutes and 50 seconds. Beefcake had that finisher, the sleeper applied on Bravo, Bravo's partner Valentine attacking, and post-match, it's a triple team on the barber. Johnny V, Bravo, and Valentine all taking their turns, 
before Valentine locks in the figure four while Johnny V and Dino pound away on Beefcake on the mat when out of nowhere the Rougeau brothers arrive out to make the save and no doubt setting up some future six-man tag team matches on the house shows so it appears that Beefcake is stuck in a bad way storyline wise anyway here if they're wanting him to get over as a semi-main eventer anyway no disrespect intended but not the best of opponents or partners for Brother Brutai as we're off to a promo featuring the outlaw Ron Bass. And Bass says it's roundup time here in the WWF. He's going to be going around the country, coast to coast, branding his opponents with his new gimmick, the branding iron. Ron Bass holding up a brand new branding iron here. With Blackjack Mulligan gone, at least they find something to try and get Bass over with. Then it's back to the ring with Intercontinental Champion Ricky the Dragon Steamboat taking on Iron Mike Sharp as we get an insert promo early on from the Honky Tonk Man, of all people. He says that if Steamboat is truly the fighting champion that he says he is, to put the belt up against HTM. If you want my advice, don't do it, Ricky. And for those Butch Reed conspiracy theorists out there, this show was actually taped and produced before the tapings, where the title changes hands. To the action, Iron Mike goes to the back of the dragon early on, but Ricky battles back and sends Sharp out to the floor with a big drop kick. Then once back inside, Sharp tries to dump Steamboat over the top rope, but the dragon skins the cat back inside. Sharp comes rushing, and Steamboat dips his shoulder, backdropping Iron Mike over the top rope and out to the floor instead. Then back inside yet again, Steamboat fakes out Sharp on a reverse body block in the corner, and when Sharp gets back up, Steamboat off the top rope with a flying crossbody press little respect here this week. Didn't finish Sharp off with that flying chop. It was a body press instead. And the Dragon going to get the win here in 2 minutes and 31 seconds. As we're off to Mean Gene Oakland standing by, he's going to interview the Birdman. Coco, beware. All right, hi again, everybody. Mean Gene Oakland. thanking you for joining us here on Wrestling Challenge this week. I've got to bring in this very exciting World Wrestling Federation superstar from Union T uh, City, Tennessee, Coco, beware. Welcome back, along with Frankie Beware. Oh, Frankie is loud and clear. You know, Coco, we know about you in the ring here in the World Wrestling Federation, but I'm very curious. Uh, your background in uh, Union City, Tennessee, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, yeah, I'm telling you, me, Gene, I come from a very small town, Union City, Tennessee, and, uh, and uh, like I said, uh, it's real, real small. I mean, I mean, there's no comparison to I hope this big... isn't one of those... How small was it? I'm telling you, it was a real small town, me, Jenna, that you had to go to bed with chickens there. That's how small it was. But you can see, I played football there, you know. Like how about a little uh, baseball and softball? I did it all right How about there. basketball? Hey, I was born with the ball in my hand. And you had to do a little wrestling, that's too. That's right, that's right, me, Gene. I'm telling you, I feel so good for me being right here in the World Wrestling Federation. You know, I've got to compliment you, too, Coco. Coming from where you did and doing it all, you now have arrived at the very... The very peak of it all, the top, the ultimate, the zenith in the World Wrestling Federation. And you truly are one of our great stars here, and we really appreciate you. And I'm telling you, Mean Gene, you know, it's a dream come true to me because this is something I always wanted to do. This is something I always wanted to be right here in the World Wrestling Federation. This is where everybody gets recognized. You know something else you do that I, I like a whole lot? Oh, Mean Gene. Come I know, on. I know what's on your mind. Let's do it. I feel good. Da -boom, da -boom, ba -boom, ba -boom. What about it, Frankie? Huh? Every time I do the bird makes me feel good. Ooh, Ooh yeah, I like that. 
And you just have to know that Gene enjoyed hearing the Birdman sing, I feel good, good, and I feel good, oh, yes, I do. Oh, yeah. Coco Beware, he sang that thing for years. I remember hearing those promos in 1990 event centers. And the Birdman from a small town called Union City, Tennessee, made it to the big times here. And back to the ring, Jerry Monty standing by awaiting his opponent, which is the King Harley Race, along with Bobby the Brain Heenan in his corner. So that means Bobby Heenan off commentary, Luscious Johnny V going to join commentary for this one. And we get an insert promo early on from the King. Harley Race says that the King's crown is the epitome of wrestling, above and beyond anything. I guess that would imply even Hulk Hogan's WWF Championship. Then to the ring. And Harley just casually starting out with a, a drop kick from the King here and does it with ease, guys. From there, it's the patented Harley Race knee drop and a belly-to-belly suplex, but only gets him a two count. Harley Race picks Monty up, delivers a power slam, and then the cradle suplex. Got to put Monty away in one minute and 35 seconds, which makes it all the more unnecessary for Johnny V to join commentary. But it is what it is. Harley Race picking up another quick win here. This time on Wrestling Challenge, as we're off to Mean Gene Oakland. This time, he's hanging out with B. Brian Blair and jumping Jim Brunzel, the Killer Bees. All right, stay tuned for more exciting World Wrestling Federation action. You know, right now, the tag team situation in this great federation is absolutely incredible. Up at the top, you've got tag team champions, the Hart Foundation. Then you have a number of great, great tag teams knocking at their back door. I want to talk to a couple of them this week. Come on in. B. Brian Blair jumping Jim Brunzel. The Killer Bees are buzzing. And, Jimmy, I guess I don't have to tell you, every tag team bout, every singles match, more important than the one before. That's true, Gene. You know, uh, we're very fortunate to be in the WWF. Uh, when you're talking about wrestling, you're talking this is the place to be. And that holds true for the world's uh, tag team uh, situation. Uh, right now, Brian and I have been very lucky. Uh, a lot of teams have said we've been lucky, but... Uh, when you talk about sports and you talk about sports champions, a lot of good teams and great teams make their own luck. So, so far we've done okay and we've got a lot of goals and in order to reach those goals, we have to be healthy. You know, you see the emergence of a couple of tag teams recently. I can just mention their names. Don Morocco, Cowboy Bob Orton getting together. Demolition, another team. And there's so many here in the World Wrestling Federation, Brian. You're absolutely right, Mean Gene. And you know what we did? We went down with our main man, H.H. the Hulkster. We went down to his gym in Venice Beach. And we said, Hulkster, you know, we need a little pump on. He said, yeah, man, you could use a little bit of, a little bit more muscle in those wings there. And he said, I got just the thing for you, you know. So we started hanging and banging with the Hulkster, you know. And we hang and banged, hung and bung. We passed out, we sweat and swore. We passed out and we got up and we did it some more, Mean Gene. And now we got a little pump on these wings here. We're ready to flip and flutter, you know. We're ready to do some back cracking and some jaw jacking. And now, you know, I can't think of nobody better than the Hart Foundation. How about it, Jimmy? That's it. That's where it's at, Brian. It's Whether the will, there's a way. We've got, got the will. Oh, I like them. They are the killer bees. They are exciting. They are B. Brian Blair and Jumpin' Jim Brunzel. We're going to be right back after this. Don't go away. All right, and the bees, one of the zillion teams in line here for a title shot against the Hart Foundation. And B. Brian Blair, God bless him, for months now has been overselling that quote-unquote jive talk promo that he's been doing. Meanwhile, Jim Brunzel underselling every promo that he's doing. And you'd think it'd meet somewhere in the middle, but the killer bee promos are about as generic as it gets. But the show goes on, and we see yet another Killer Khan vignette. This time Killer Khan in the desert somewhere, or maybe at a beach, I'm not really sure, meditating over fire with Mr. Fuji doing the voiceover work again, 
he says Killer Khan has hands stronger than the orangutan. And while that would be downright scary if true, doesn't translate well to a promo. And I'm still scratching my head. It's, it's really odd to me that these vignettes are airing after his debut. You have to think that Killer Khan just wasn't getting over enough with the fans, and this is what they came up with for him. Of course, Killer Khan going to be working Hulk Hogan quite a bit here on the house shows later this summer. And it's back to the ring for six-man tag team action. Hillbilly Jim, Tito Santana, and Billy Jack Haynes. Wow, what a trio. Taking on the team of Terry Gibbs, Dave Barbie, and Carl Schmidt. Maybe the first time we've seen Schmidt here in the WWF, if I'm not mistaken. And even though Haynes is technically feuding with Hercules, he keeps getting lumped into these six-mans going absolutely nowhere. And as you might suspect, the babyfaces dominate the enhancement talent here, and Billy Jack Haynes with the full Nelson on Schmidt, going to get the quick win for the team, 2 minutes and 51 seconds. And we even get some good down-home barnyard square dancing after the matchup with even Tito Santana and Billy Jack Haynes joining in with Hillbilly Jim on some do dos with each other. And after watching it, I have no idea what I just saw. But it is up on our YouTube channel. You guys can go check it out for yourself. As for the match, it was different. Seeing Tito and Billy Jack Haynes do do with one another was just surreal. And it is painfully obvious. Clearly, the WWF has given out multiple WWF ice cream bars to a section of the crowd as the camera shoots the ringside crowd. And wouldn't you know it? Like 10 to 12 people all showing off their WWF ice cream bar all in one little group. Vince really pushing that ice cream. And I got to be honest with you guys. Those things were pretty damn good. I don't think I've had one since a, a 1994 house show, but I remember them being pretty damn good. As so we're off now to a promo, it's Craig DeGeorge interviewing former referee Dangerous Danny Davis. DeGeorge pointing out that Davis, the first official to ever be banned for life from the WWF. Dangerous Danny says that everything is coming together, whatever that means. And that's essentially the gist of the promo here. Everything is coming together for Dangerous Danny Davis. And I got to say one thing about him. Davis exuded assholiness here, if that's a word. And, and at this point, I really feel they should have given him more to do. Maybe not by way of opponents. I'm not saying stick him in there with the semi-main eventers or even the mid-card guys at this point, but just give him something more to do uh, than, than, say, George Steele or working matches with Coco that are really going nowhere. At this point, Danny Davis, a legit heat magnet. I just love his delivery. Then it's back to the ring for tag team action. Kamala teaming up with the Wild Samoan Sika, both Mr. Fuji and Kim Chi in their corner. They're going to be taking on the team of Rick Hunter and leaping Lanny Poffo. As we get a poem from Lanny here, he says that they were once from Samoa and Uganda, now the San Diego Zoo. Well, that's not nice, Lanny. As we also get an insert promo from the newly bald Outback Jack, who has nothing better to do, apparently, but comment on other people here. He talks about how ugly Kamala and Sika are. Bobby Heenan on commentary jokes that Outback is one to talk about people being ugly. No kidding, mate. In the ring, Lenny Poffo busts out a kip-up and a backflip. Kamala responds by jumping up in the air and touching his toes to a pop from the fans. A little agility there from the Ugandan headhunter. But the monsters dominate first Lenny Poffo, then Ricky Hunter, Sika with the big Samoan drop. And you better tuck that arm, Hunter. Damn near broke it there. So it is the Samoan drop followed by Air Kamala, the Kamala Splash. Going to pick up the win. A hell of a combo there. Samoan drop into the Kamala Splash. And the heels score the win in just one minute and 31 seconds. And then post-match, Sika and Kamala dumping Lanny Pavo out of the ring. And Kamala, uh-oh, he wants to go up top for the big splash on Hunter. 
while Kim Chi and Fuji have to talk him down multiple times. And I got to say, I honestly like this team. Now, I questioned it at first. Looking at it on paper didn't sound like much to me, but it really does work. These two savages together, and they both do just enough offense that tagging makes sense. You get a little more from both guys. From here, we see a replay from the special report from Superstars featuring the former WWF champion Superstar Graham vowing to return to the ring after his upcoming hip replacement surgery. Good luck, Superstar. We also get a promo from Hacksaw Jim Duggan talking Memorial Day weekend. Duggan just asking everyone to think about the people and the families of the people who paid the ultimate sacrifice for this country. Tough guy. And then it is to the ring for action involving Hacksaw Jim Duggan taking on Steve Lombardi. And we get lots of hoeing early on and all throughout the matchup. Duggan hammering down on Lombardi and sending him out of the ring and into the guardrails. Then back inside, it's the three-point stance, leaping clothesline. Duggan taking the head off of Lombardi. Going to pick up the win here in one minute and 48 seconds. And post-match, Duggan singing God Bless America on behalf of Memorial Day. And keep an eye on the date here, guys. This Duggan match airs on May 24th. In just two days' time, May 26th, Duggan will be arrested and subsequently fired from the WWF. At least for now. And what better way to close out Wrestling Challenge than a promo from the macho man Randy Savage. All right, we are nearing the midpoint of 1987, and so many things have happened in the first five months of 1987. Some of them I don't think particularly agreeing with my guest at this time. From Sarasota, Florida, he is the former Intercontinental Champion of the World. It, macho man Randy Savage. Did I say something wrong? Sounds of silence! Yes, silence. Silence is golden sometimes. Why don't you, uh, yeah, listen to the macho man Randy Savage and learn something. Silence is golden? Oh, yeah, I'm past that right now, yeah. The living nightmare, yeah. Join my living nightmare right now. WrestleMania? Look into my eyes right now. Because, uh, yeah, I'm thinking the future. I'm not stopping here. And I'm not retiring. I'm not slowing down, yeah. I'm still, yeah, going. What what you're saying is WrestleMania 3... And the Intercontinental title of the world, they're all history. Intercontinental heavyweight champion, I am still uncrowned. Yes, did you hear that right there? Uncrowned? I got something better for you, yeah. Pass that now. Pass that grass fisting to an Oakland, yeah. A little windy now, yeah. Can feel, 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 but never arrive, yeah. Don't tell California, check in, don't check out. I am the uncrowned. World heavyweight champion also. Yeah, President Jack Kennedy, you hear that? Living nightmare of Pontiac, Michigan, 93,000 people alive. And millions and millions of people all around the world, yeah. Macho madness, a big setback. Yeah, I know that, I know that. You are aware of it, you admit it. Elizabeth knows it too. She knows it, yeah. You know, the, the first thing they tell you, the doctors tell you when you have a problem, is admit that you have a problem. I don't admit nothing. I admit that President Jack Tunney and the World Wrestling Federation are very jealous people, yeah. They're jealous of the macho man, Randy Savage. Hulk Hogan, guess what, yeah. Look into the video scope right now and look at the new World Heavyweight Champion. And look at the Dragon Steamboat Man. You ain't nothing compared to the macho man, Randy Savage. Sounds of silence, yeah. Silence is golden, yeah. I'm a rock. I'm an island, yeah. And everything gets better and better and better. And the macho man, Randy Savage, is gaining momentum. Randy, can I ask you a question? Personal question? 
You know, I interviewed you, but ever since WrestleMania, you refused to show up here with Elizabeth, your lovely manager. Why? I don't answer no questions because the fact is, if Elizabeth were here, she would say uncrowned intercontinental heavyweight champion, uncrowned world heavyweight champion, and that's not, uh, yeah, wishful thinking. No, those are facts, man. Yeah, Hulkamania is dead. Macho Madness lived. Always a pleasure to talk to this man, the Macho Man. And the Macho Man saying he is not only the uncrowned intercontinental champion, but he's also the uncrowned WWF champion, for that matter. Look into the video scope. Macho Man is a rock, an island. He says he's gaining momentum yet again. Losing the title to Steamboat was simply a minor setback. Macho Man going to be back on top here very soon. And that'll wrap up the May 24th edition of Wrestling Challenge, so it's off to Primetime Wrestling for May 25th, Memorial Day, 1987. Hosted yet again by Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby the Brain Heenan here. And Heenan, well, his neck may be injured, but his throat certainly isn't. Bobby going to have a little fun here. Takes a shot at everyone, and it all starts this week with Corporal Kirshner. We have a lot of other interesting matches coming up. Nikolai Volkov, the big 305-pound Russian, taking on 82nd Airborne Corporal Kirshner. <laughs> Kirshner, yeah. You don't see Kirshner. Kirshner did a lot of... Uh, Hazardous things. Of course, he didn't attack a guy named Ken yeah. Patera. Which no, is he did stupid. a lot of hazardous work. It's rough cleaning up the latrines and peeling potatoes. Yeah, you, you know how many jumps rough. the guy made? I don't care to go into his personal life. I'm not talking about his personal life. He was part of the Airborne Division. Oh, that's right. He made it to Corporal. Please. With his mentality, he's lucky he made it past his driver's test. Of course, we never seen him drive either. We don't know that. I wouldn't knock anybody if I were you. You know, you could be hobbled as well as have a sprained neck and you wouldn't no. be able to get around at all. Because this week or next, I have a surprise coming up. Yeah? Yes. Care to elaborate? No, you want to know so bad, don't you? No, not really. I could care less. Opening match coming up. Tag team action. Roma and Powers taking on the Magnificent One and the Ace. Let's go to ringside. Okay, and I wrote LOL here when I listened to this soundbite. Bobby Heenan talking Corporal Kirchner. Some really fun lines there. He said that Heenan not even sure how Kirchner got the rank of Corporal. He's lucky he passed his driver's test. Of course, we don't know that he passed his driver's test. And Kirshner getting it from the brain all the way out the door. Kirshner not going to be here very much longer in the WWF. Bobby Heenan have a little fun here this week with him. As we move on with primetime, we get some back and forth banner here between Gorilla and Bobby as they talk about Superstar Graham's upcoming surgery and potential return. Special part of our primetime program this week includes a special report by our young colleague, Greg DeGeorge. He's going to be telling us about superstar Billy Graham and what an exceptional career this man had in the World Wrestling Federation. World's heavyweight champion? Craig DeGeorge was a world's heavyweight champion? No, superstar Billy Graham. Oh, well, you were singing the praise of the other guy. You know, and then an, uh, an unforeseen accident taking place which took him out of the picture literally and just about destroyed the man forever, but let's have Greg tell us all about it. Let's go to our special footage on I've superstar already had enough Billy Graham. Superstar. Please. All right, Gorilla Monsoon calling Craig DeGeorge, Greg DeGeorge repeatedly here, 
And it wasn't an accident. Gorilla calls him Greg multiple times in the soundbite. That George at this point has been here for like almost five months, Gorilla. We'll have to wait and see if he ever gets his name right. As we go back to the primetime studio, more talk of Superstar Graham coming out of the update. Superstar Graham, uh, looks like the only guy needs a little oil and a new fan belt. He's just fine. How could you possibly even think about comparing an injury such as he had to what you're what trying I have, to make everyone believe? What I have, he doesn't have to get around. He has to do nothing except go out in the desert and knock tarantulas off his body. I have to be in the corner of my men. I have to fly over the world. I have to sit here with you. I have to negotiate contracts. I can't do that in a, looking up in a daisy or in the... You in think the, it's easy to walk around and, uh, knowing that perhaps you will never walk again, let alone not be able to step inside the squared circle anymore? Who cares about superstar Billy Graham? What about me? No one cares about me. We haven't got any letters or anything. Just that one letter. I know there's more mail week. than that. I know there's more mail than that. Well, but no, it's destroyed here, like everything else that's mailed to me. You know, medicine can do strange things, and the medical profession can do miracles. However, it's what's inside you that yeah. really counts as to, as to your recuperative powers. And it doesn't hurt to Psychosomatic have medicine can do strange and amazing things. Bobby Heenan, more great lines there. He says, Superstar Graham has nothing to do but sit in the desert and knock tarantulas off his body. I had to think back to that vignette back in 86. Heenan comparing his sprained neck to Billy Graham's hip replacement surgery. But Bobby's not done here this week. Nope. Bobby has had enough of Gorilla Monsoon and others talking down to him, bashing him, badgering him. So the brain has called upon his Beverly Hills attorney. It's Lance Wilshire. Well, he's here. Who's here? Lance oh, Wilshire. Well, Lance Wilshire. Bobby, baby. Hey. No fear, Lance. Get Wilshire is here. You're How you an attorney. Doing? In fact, all the way from Hollywood, California, and Beverly Hills. How do you doing? Who are you, sir? This, this is the man I was telling you about. This is Gorilla Monsoon. This is Monsoon, huh? That's this right. This is the man who's giving you such a hard time. This Don't is worry. your lawyer? Now, of uh, counselor at law, officer of the court. And Beverly Hills attorney extraordinary, Lance Wilshire in person. How do you feel, Booby? Uh, it's still a little sore. It looks yeah, that way. But look at this. Look at the doll. A business card. You want a business card? Yeah. Seeing that you're such a big man, I'll give you two of them. Lance Wilshire, just like the Boulevard. That doll has a bandage on it. Okay, and this stuffed weasel doll here. It's a YMCA card. Who's doing this to you? Who is doing this? Mr. Greencoat right here. Mr. Greencoat is occupying a seat which I think is rightfully yours, Bobby. And the way we will work things out, you will be in charge. Well, what I'd like you to do is come here next week, mm -hmm. sit with me for the whole entire program, and yeah. take some notes. I shall. I want you to observe how this man treats me, how yeah. he constantly puts me down. I even want you to check out this ham and egg staff we have here. Don't excite yourself. I will be here. We will take it under consideration and eventual litigation. Please, mm -hmm. don't touch the material. Have you ever lost a case? We've never lost. Not you only had a case. case? We've, <laughs> yes, but it was taken care of. No, Julius we have never lost a case. Up. And don't worry right about Right now, let's go to a special interview with Leafy I can see it. And this is one of those clips that's better seen than just heard. So I did put the video clip up on the YouTube channel quite a while ago. YouTube.com slash wrestling grenade. Check it out. Lance Wilshire, Bobby Heenan's quote unquote attorney arrives in the WWF. He'll be back again next week on primetime. Fun actor playing the character of Lance Wilshire here. I'm not quite sure who it is. I did a lot of digging and I just couldn't find out. Not sure if Bruce Pritchard knows or somebody may know that might be able to help here. I know Pritchard was pretty, pretty young in the WWF at this point, but I just don't know who's still around that could give us the 411 on that. But the Wilshire character, it slid right in here with the WWF nonsense. And he says he's never lost a case, which got me to thinking. 
maybe this is the guy that Matlock was based off of. And as we close up this edition of Primetime, we got one more soundbite queued up. Gorilla Monsoon Bobby Heenan saying goodbye. Well, folks, that wraps it up for another week here on Primetime. And next week, our special Memorial Day program and what a lineup it's going to be. First of all, we're going to give you some further information on the superstar Billy Graham story and bring you up to date on it. And then a special ladies title match will be on hand. And then to top it all off with fireworks and everything, world's heavyweight champion Hulk Hogan is going to join us. For some big Memorial Day bash you're planning, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Well, also, Lance Welcher will be Uh, here, my attorney. He's going to take notes. He's going to watch everything you do. He's going to see if we have grounds for a case. See, I know we have grounds for a case. All this embarrassing me with the neck brace, with this and that. Case of what? What are you taking? You're in pain, obviously. Yes, I am. Take your medication. You'll need a lot of it before this program is over. I'll tell you that. Unbelievable. We will have unbelievable. Ac- Kenny! Yes! Oh, Kenny! It's not Ken Patera, relax. <coughs> Kenny Rodriguez, Kevin Dunn's brother in law, just got back from <coughs> his honeymoon. If it was Patera, he'd be coming from this direction. Oh. No, he's not here this week. This Lance! Paranoid. See, I've had enough of this. Obviously, very paranoid. Bobby You've done this to me needed. again? Next week, we- <coughs> maybe we'll be coming to you from a rubber room. Until then, Gorilla Monsoon for the paranoid one, saying so long, everybody. All right, and Gorilla oddly hyping next week's Memorial Day bash, even though this episode aired on Memorial Day. Kind of odd. We have a couple of primetime exclusives also on this episode. Jacques and Raymond Rougeau over the team of Jimmy Jack Funk and Tiger Chung Lee. Match goes about four minutes. Rougeau scoring the win there. That match taped back on May 13th in San Diego at the Sports Arena. Also on this show, Tito Santana battling the natural Butch Reed to a 20-minute time limit draw, 18 and a half minutes shown on TV here. And after the bout, Tito clearing the ring with a big flying forearm on the natural who tried to attack Santana post-match. And I got to be honest with you guys, I made a point to sit down and watch this match in its entirety. There were some slow spots, but I had fun watching it. And even though it was a draw, I felt like I finally got a little payoff in the Tito Santana and Butch Reed feud here. This match taped back on May 12th in Anaheim at the convention center. And you guys can check out this Rougeau Brothers. And this match also added to our YouTube channel, so I strongly encourage you to go check it out. As we move on to the following week, it's the final week of May. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. It's Superstars of Wrestling for May 30th. Also taped back May 12th, Anaheim, California at the Convention Center. It's Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura, Bruno San Martino on the commentary. And this week, it's the Battle of the Babyfaces. Can-Am Connection going to take on the Islanders here this week. Should make for a fun match. And it's been tag team competition mania on TV as of late here in the World Wrestling Federation. We've seen the Can-Ams over the team of Kamala and Sika recently. And on the other end, the Islanders have had three. Well, make it four here if you count this Can-Ams match. But three competitive matches over the last several weeks against the likes of Demolition, the Rougeau Brothers, and the Killer Bees. And the way those three matches played out, we saw Haku and Tama losing their cool in the babyface matches against the Rougeaus and the Bees leading to non-decisive finishes, and of course, Demolition stealing the win over the Islanders as well. So they definitely look for a win here this week against the Can-Am Connection to put them back into top contention. But here we go again, another battle of the baby faces for the Islanders. This time it's Rick Martell and Tom Zink across the ring from him, and the Can-Am's already in the ring, smiling as usual at the fans, awaiting their opponents, a very serious-looking Islanders making their way out to the ring. And before the match begins, we get an insert promo from the Islanders as they share their quote-unquote 
thoughts on facing the Can-Ams here, Haku just stands there with his arms crossed while Tama has a good laugh at the thought of the Can-Ams as competition. Well, that could be telling. On commentary, Bruno San Martino thinks we're going to get a clean bout here. Apparently he hasn't been paying attention to TV lately. It's also at this point that Bruno ponders who Bobby Heenan's new tag team will be. Remember Bobby Heenan promising a new tag team in the Heenan family here this week, but Bruno realizes there's no other tag teams on the docket besides this matchup. Vince McMahon suggests that we might see Hercules and Harley Race as a tag team later in the show. Maybe that's what Bobby Heenan meant. And while Vince and Bruno are in heavy discussion, Jesse Ventura clearly knows something because he laughs at their conversation about Bobby Heenan's new tag team. wonder what the body knows that we here at home don't. And we're off to the action. Great opening sequence here by Rick Martell and Haku ends with Ricky busting out a Hurricane Rana for a two count on Haku. But from there, Haku taking over briefly. But Martell, with a middle rope reverse body block, gets another near fall. And then it's tag time to Tom Zink. Zink comes in working the arm of Haku, but telegraphs a backdrop and eats a Haku foot before Tama finally tags into the matchup. From there, it's Tom Zink with a reverse rolling cradle on Tama. One, two, Tama kicking out when Bobby Heenan shows up at ringside. In the Can-Am's corner? What is this about? Say it ain't so, guys. The Can-Am connection have joined the Heenan family? But immediately, Martell and Zink make it clear they want no part of Bobby Heenan. They motion for Bobby to leave their corner. Okay, I was getting a little worried there. And just then, with the Can-Ams distracted by Bobby Heenan, the Islanders pounce from behind. Haku running Rick Martell into the post on the apron, Martell taking a bump out to the floor, and then the Islanders with stereo diving headbutts on Zink inside the ring before flinging him out to the floor as well. Both of the Can-Ams on the outside. Tama goes out to the floor, picks up Zink, but instead of putting him back in the ring, big scoop slam driving Zink down on the outside, and then Tama up onto the apron with a diving headbutt to the outside. Unbelievable. What are the Islanders doing here? Haku and Tama back in the ring. Meanwhile, Rick Martell crawling over to his partner, reaching Tom Zink by the count of seven, trying to help Zink back in the ring, but it's just not happening. Tom Zink counted out, and the Islanders will pick up the win in just three minutes and 50 seconds. And post-match, we see a smiling Bobby the Brain Heenan in the ring as he raises the hands of the Islanders. And it appears we've got our new team as part of the Heenan family. It's the Islanders. I don't believe this. What is going on? The Islanders? My goodness. <laughs> I think Haku Tama. Rick Martell over to help out. We may have a count out here. I don't That's it. Oh, look at that. I believe, gentlemen, you're seeing your new tag team. And you knew it all along, Jesse. You knew it. You knew it all along. Hey, I'll be honest. That's right. I knew. I knew, but I wasn't saying that. The winners of this bout, as a result of a countout, the Islanders. I told you Bobby the Brain Heenan had a new tag team, and that's it. The Islanders. And these guys are going to go places with Heenan. The Islanders. Victorious over Martel Zink. My goodness, what a turn of events here for Bobby the Brain Heenan and the Islanders. As Jesse Ventura has a laugh, 
Vince McMahon giving Jesse the business? You knew it all along, says Vince. Ventura admits to it. Yeah, I knew it. But he wasn't going to say anything. And some really excellent storytelling here. One of the better pieces of booking post-WrestleMania 3 thus far, if you ask me. The Islanders were booked below all of the other babyface teams. The Bulldogs, the Can-Ams, the Bees, even the Rougeos. And in an instant, they become a credible top-heel tag team as members of the Heenan family. Just excellent weekly storytelling, having the Islanders become more and more frustrated, more and more aggressive each week against the other good guy tag teams, the Rougeos, the Bees, and finally, the Can-Am connection here. Meanwhile, Bobby Heenan has been saying on primetime and wrestling challenges of late that the Islanders need that killer instinct, and they'd be successful here in the WWF. So all of the seeds were planted over the past month or so, and Bobby promised a new tag team in the Heenan family this week, and boy did he deliver. And the Islanders turning on a top team like the Can-Ams should lead to some fun matches for sure on the house shows. As we're off to update with Craig DeGeorge this week, this time George the Animal Steel tours the WWF Ice Cream Bar Factory. Forget the hairnet, I hope they had a body net. George Steele in an ice cream factory. Ugh. Then it's back to the ring for more action. The Honky Tonk Man, Jimmy Hart in his corner, taking on Billy Anderson here. And this is the final week to write in, guys, and ban that DDT. The campaign concludes as President Jack Tunney will announce his decision next week here on the show. We also get an insert promo from Jimmy Hart, continuing to push that ban the DDT campaign. He says Honky Tonk Man doesn't fear the move himself, but he's looking out for everyone else. How kind of you, Honky. We even get the old P.O. box up on the screen again this week for everyone to write in, cast their votes, as Honky Tonk Man puts Anderson away with a shake, rattle, and roll neckbreaker in 2 minutes and 45 seconds. And from there, we're off to Mean Gene Oakland standing by with Tito Santana. All right, Mean Gene Oakland reminding you to stay tuned for more of the superstars of wrestling. Tito Santana, come on in. From Tacula, Mexico, a lot of things happening for you, but a lot of things certainly happening here in the World Wrestling Federation. Witness that blowout with the Islanders and the Can-Am connection. I cannot believe it. Well, I can't either, Gene. You know, I've been making uh, some trips with the Islanders uh, going up and down the highways. And after the last couple of weeks, you know, they've uh, made a completely 360-degree uh, change in their attitudes. But they kept that secret pretty well. Obviously... Bobby the Brain Heenan had gotten to him several weeks in the past, and they knew just exactly when they were going to... You saw what happened, Gene. We, we sure did. The world, we, world saw that. I'm very disappointed in the Islanders. They are very nice young men. They are from the South Pacific. I don't think they're quite as innocent as Bobby Heenan would like to have us believe. But nonetheless, I think we're going to let that risk because we're going to be hearing a great deal more about the Islanders in the weeks to come. Tito Santana, what about you and your career? you got to go around with... The natural Butch Reed and his manager, the Doctor of Style, Slick. Well, it's a match that I've been looking forward to. You know, uh, Butch Reed has been here in the WWF for quite a while. He's made a name for himself. He's one of the biggest stars in professional wrestling. Now he's a little upset because of what happened in WrestleMania 3. i got to tell you, Tito, I'm going to interrupt you. I, I just took the tape out the other night and played WrestleMania 3 over again. And I saw it all happen. And I've got to tell you... Slick, you asked for everything that you got. Well, Gene, did, 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 did that look like a $2,300 suit to you? It looked like a worth of about 23 cents, in my estimation. Well, it's a match that I'm looking forward to, Butch Reed. I've signed the contract, my man. You say you're going to put me down, you're going to make me pay for that suit? I'm ready, brother. I've been around, and I'm going to stay around, Butch Reed. Arriba! 
All right, I thank you, Tito Santana. He is one of the great superstars here on the World Wrestling Federation. We're right back. So a pretty fresh comment here by Tito as he talks about the turn of the Islanders joining the Heenan family. Also has some words for the natural Butch Reed and Slick as well. And from there, we see another, yes, yet another Killer Khan vignette, once again from Japan, if you will. Fuji referring to Khan as a former grand champion sumo from the country of Japan. Says the Mongolian has a mind of a devil, vicious, evil, make people suffer. Great promo there from Mr. Fuji. At least it's a great Fuji promo, if you know what I mean. And it's back to the ring for more action. Hacksaw Jim Duggan stepping into the ring to take on Iron Mike Sharp as the USA battles that evil country of Canada, I suppose, here this week. And per the usual, Sharp going to stall to start the matchup as I randomly noticed that Iron Mike is uncharacteristically wearing blue trunks. No black trunks here this week from Iron Mike. Just looks weird to me. Had to point that out. Duggan with the old glory knee drop in the three-point stance clothesline. Gets the win here in 1 minute and 51 seconds as a loud USA chant follows. And you have to remember, Duggan was already fired several days before this match made air. And the babyface side of the company just got a lot more lopsided, perhaps forcing Vince's hand to make some more changes to the roster. As we have another interview lined up, Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the former WWF Tag Team Champions. It's the British Bulldogs, and they're not alone. Nope, they've got Matilda. All right, stay tuned. More exciting World Wrestling Federation action right around the corner. Ah, here we go. Coming into the shot right now. Matilda, the mascot for the British Bulldogs. And by the way, I should point out Dynamite Kid, Davy Boy Smith, as I visit folks around the country and around the world about the World Wrestling Federation, they talk about the way the British Bulldogs were literally robbed of the World Tag Team Championship belts by the Hart Foundation. That's right, Mean Gene. We was robbed in Tampa, Florida just a few months ago. But now we're chasing the Hart Foundation all over the United States. But believe me, Hart Foundation, somewhere in which, no matter which town or which city it is, we're going to meet up with you. I'm going to take those World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Championships back to the British Bulldogs because Matilda's sick and tired of chasing you guys around the States and chasing Jimmy Hart and Diane Davis. But believe me, Hart Foundation, we're going to catch up with you there. And when we do, all hell's going to break loose. You know, the one thing, if I can just interject here, I saw on Saturday night's main event, I believe it was Matilda that got a, a piece of the trousers of Jimmy the Moth of the South Park. She did a pretty good job on him. That's right, Mean Gene. She did a really good job on him. But that was just a warning, Jimmy Hart, a warning to you and to Danny Davis and to the rest of the managers in the World Wrestling Federation that this dog and those two wrestlers mean serious business when we're in that ring. And believe me, Hart Foundation, we're going to show you how serious the British Bulldogs can get. All right, uh, Dynamite Kid, certainly it'd be a big, big shot for you and David to get a shot at the Hart Foundation and once again regain those coveted title belts. One day, me and Jim, we're going to finally track them down and catch them in one time. Foundation, we're ready for you. We've been working out, we've been doing a lot of different maneuvers. Foundation, get ready for World War Three. We don't care what kind of a match it is. As long as it's a championship match, we're ready for you. We're going to humiliate you, embarrass you, and beat you one, two, three in the middle of the ring and take those belts right back. They have never looked better. They are the British Bulldogs and Matilda. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the Bulldogs still coming for their championship belts, stolen by the Hart Foundation several months ago. We've already had one update here this week. George the Animal Steel in the Ice Cream Bar Factory. What an update that was. But for the first time ever on one episode of TV, it's a second edition of Update with Craig DeGeorge. He continues to follow the story of superstar Billy Graham, 
This week, we take a look, ugh, a graphic look, at his hip surgery. Very gross to look at. Graham talks his plans to return shortly before the surgery. Then they literally show the nasty surgery taking place. New metal hip being put in, as we can see. And then post-surgery again to George with superstar Graham in Arizona using a walker to get around. Graham conveniently falls on camera. Now, planned or not, probably not wise to be taking bumps in the desert during rehab just for the sake of TV. Craig DeGeorge there offering to help Billy Graham up back to his feet. Graham wanting no help at all. He can get up himself. And from there, the superstar says he doesn't care if he has to crawl. He's going to get back to the top of the WWF. And then from there, we even see Billy Graham back in the gym, pushing himself, determined to make that comeback. We'll continue to follow that story as we head back to the ring. King Harley Race with Bobby the Brain Heenan taking on Joe Murdo this week. And the King keeps making covers and picking a, well, now a much trimmer Joe Murdo up off the mat. Harley Race getting one, two, and pulling Murdo up repeatedly three or four times. Never disqualified here. And finally, it's a belly-to-belly suplex and the cradle suplex. No bridge. Harley Race going to pick up the win. One minute and 50 seconds as we're off to another edition of the Snake Pit. Jake Roberts guest this week, the Doctor of Style Slick, and his newest protege, the One Man Gang. And as the interview gets going, Jake Roberts shows a clip of the gang's new finisher here in the WWF. He calls it the, the Master Blaster. And we see a clip of that middle rope bulldog type move from the gang, even though he didn't even use that as the finish. They're still trying to find something for the gang to do. It won't end here. Don't get used to it, guys. And I had to note here as One Man Gang standing next to Slick, Gang, one of the few charges of the Slickster that are actually taller than the Doctor of Style. And here in the interview, Gang says he will take no prisoners on his way to that WWF championship worn by Hulk Hogan. Gang says he's going to give Hogan that master blaster off the top rope and take his title. From there, we're treated to a replay from superstars of the Beefcake versus Dino Bravo match with Greg Valentine interfering the Rujos making the save, and then it's off to our second Outlaw Ron Bass promo in as many weeks. Outlaw Ron Bass once again showing off his brand new shiny branding iron. It's roundup time here in the WWF. Then to the ring for more action, Intercontinental Champion Ricky the Dragon Steamboat taking on Dusty Wolf. As we get an insert promo here from Dangerous Danny Davis, he too wants an Intercontinental title shot as Vince McMahon and Bruno San Martino think Davis is being ridiculous to request a title match. But remember, Steamboat says he's a fighting champion, open contracts. I would state that Dangerous Danny is wise to request a title shot if Steamboat's just handing him out. And as the match gets going, Steamboat working the arm of Wolf, but Dusty comes back with a little offense for himself, including a nice-looking gut buster. Gets him a two-count, but the steamer comes fighting back, and it's the top rope flying karate chop. Going to get the win here in 3 minutes and 44 seconds. And I'm a Dusty Wolf fan, but as Intercontinental Champion, Steamboat just giving everyone too much offense in these squash matches. Won't have to worry about that much longer. But Mean Gene will have to worry about his upcoming promo with Mr. Fuji and the Ugandan headhunter, Kamala. I know for a fact there are thousands and thousands of fans around the world that are pay attention, are paying attention to what this man is doing. Mr. Fuji, come on in. First of all, let's talk about your background. The samurai warrior, the master of the martial arts from Osaka, Japan. You've done it all as a professional wrestler, still continue to do so. And you've now become one of the premier wrestlers in the World Wrestling Federation. And Mr. Fuji, if you think for a second 
that I have not been paying attention. Morocco and Orton are part of your army. Oh, very, very true. Morocco is sick like Mr. Fuji. Orton is getting to the halfway house and a sick person. Good communication. Also, demolition, axe and smash. What oh. did you pull? Was that a coup? Oh, axe and smash. Very good. Because they have mind to mind communication with Miss Wood, and they want to make people suffer. You see all that spike? Every day they go training, hitting to blood come out of each other's chest. Oh, that's sick. That's oh, sick. What about Killer Khan, this latest acquisition oh. of you? Where did you pick this guy up at? Mongolia. Mongolia? Killer Khan is also a former sumo champion of Japan, grand champion. And I've heard he that. is very good. Strong leg, strong body, strong mind, and ugly face. <laughs> Does he still wear the sumo outfit periodically? Yes. I will have supplies to the American people very soon on Kansan. All right. <laughs> uh, what about the rest of your entourage? Oh, they're starting to filter into our studio this week. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe Let it. Let me tell you, I have tag team. A lot of tag teams. Three tag teams. Now I have Kamala and Sika and Kimchi. Remember this, Mean Gene. Mr. Fuji, not once, not twice, not three, but six times WWF tag team champion. I'm aware of that, Mr. Fuji. Just for the benefit of some of those rare few in, in this great country, uh, 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 perhaps I could uh, prevail upon you to speak a little Japanese when uh, you talk about these men. Uh, let me tell you, I'll be very honored to speak Japanese, but now it's lunchtime. Japanese people all go out to eat lunch, so nobody watching television. So sorry. So I must talk about Kamala and Sika. Kamala want to eat. Kamala, every time you talk about food, he's hungry. Sika, every time you talk about seafood, he gets more hungry for crab. But he loves seafood. And now, Kimchi, you tell him he will have food. You speak it. Prom promise oh. him that he'll have food, pal, please. please. Sooner or later, yeah. we'll get him to a restaurant. Thank you very much, ah, Mr. Fuji. Kimchi, yeah. Kamala Sika, thank you very much, really. Fuji asked to speak Japanese here, but just not enough time. So sorry. Fuji running down his entire stable, very impressive, Kamala, Sika, Orton, Morocco, Demolition, and of course, Killer Khan. Seven men now under the tutelage of one Mr. Fuji. And that'll wrap up this week's edition of Superstars. Solid show this week, I thought. Ban the DDT campaign pushed hard before the decision is announced next week by Jack Tunney. The one-man gang arrives. We get to hear from him, and it looks like the superstar Billy Graham is on his way back to the WWF ring. Now, the kid in me back in 1987 thinks the superstar will be good as new, but the adult in me knows better. So we got all of that, but the Islanders' heel turn and joining Bobby Heenan was easily the biggest piece of business coming out of this episode of Superstars. Really good stuff right at the top of the show. The Islanders, the latest men to enter the Heenan family. And once again, before we head off to our next program of Wrestling Challenge, it's the World Wrestling Federation on tour. 
It's the World Wrestling Federation on tour, coming to these great areas and facilities with action. Tuesday, June 9th, San Francisco, California, the Cow Palace. Brutus Beefcake among those in San Francisco. Tuesday, June 9th, Salisbury, Maryland, Wicomico Youth and Civic Center. You'll see the Cam-Am connection among those in Salisbury. Monday, June 8th, Fresno, California, Fresno Convention Center, Salon Arena, Hercules and Johnny Diaz on the card in Fresno. Sunday, June 7th, Houston, Texas, Sam Houston Coliseum among those on the card, the one-man gang and hacksaw Jim Duggan. Sunday, June 7th, Sacramento, California, Arco Arena, Danny Davis sees action in Sacramento. Saturday, June 6th, Landover, Maryland, the Capitol Center. You'll see Macho Man Randy Savage in Landover. Saturday, June 6th, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Expo Square. Jake the Snake Roberts among those on the card in Tulsa. It's the World Wrestling Federation. Be a part of it when it comes to your area. The WWF On Tour. Be a part of it when it comes to your area, guys. And we're off to Wrestling Challenge for May the 31st, the final day of May here. Take back May 13th, San Diego, California Sports Arena and dig that spirit of 76 ball spinning at the top of the arena. Really cool sight there. Miss the old spirit of 76 gas stations. We don't have them around here anymore. I'm not sure if they still exist in other places. But I used to love that sign when I was a kid. And love that jingle, too. The Spirit of 76. And here we are with Wrestling Challenge. Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan on commentary. Off to the ring for the Birdman. Coco Beware taking on Dusty Wolf. Dusty Wolf closing superstars. Opening Wrestling Challenge. So back-to-back matches here with Wolf. Let's see how he fares. And Bobby right away comparing Frankie the Bird's beak to Bruno San Martino's schnoz. And it's quick action this week from the Birdman. Missile dropkick and the Ghostbuster. Going to pick up the quick win in 2 minutes and 33 seconds over one Dusty Wolf. And we're off to Wrestler's Rebuttal with Craig DeGeorge. He's standing by with Jake the Snake Roberts. Next week, Jack Tunney will decide if the DDT will be banned from the WWF. And Jake the Snake shares his thoughts on the matter. He says Tunney can do what he wants, and Jake admits that the move is cruel, but fair. Then back to the ring for more action. The one-man gang was slick in his corner, taking on Mario Mancini. As we get another insert promo from the gang and Slick, gang vowing to take out everyone on his way to the top. Then on commentary, Bobby Heenan putting over the gang, being from Halstead Street in Chicago, the baddest part of town to be exact. Bobby Heenan should know. Worked quite a bit there in the Chicago territory early in his career. Then back to the ring, the one-man gang attacking poor Mario Mancini, choking him out with his jean vest. And then the gang climbing up to the middle rope, jumping off with that driving bulldog of sorts, that master blaster, if you will. But somehow, that's still not the finish. The gang goes up again to the middle rope, and a nasty elbow drop off the ropes to the back of Mario's head. Oh my gosh. The gang going to score the win, two minutes and three seconds. And those are some nasty and impressive finishing moves there by the gang, but he does need some time getting up there onto that middle rope, sitting on that top rope, and and it's, it's just not quite quick enough to go into for a finish, in my opinion anyway. Though I love that flying elbow. It looks nasty. I'm still trying to figure out why the Bulldog is called the Master Blaster if Gang keeps using the elbow for the win. I won't think too hard on that. It's all going to be removed from his repertoire before too long. And he'll be gifted a new finisher. But we'll talk about that in the weeks to come. For now, it's me and Gene Oakland standing by with George the Animal Steel. All right, hi again, everybody. Mean Gene Okerlund here, and my guest this week, a man that is known very well from Detroit, Michigan, truly one of the great superstars in the World Wrestling Federation. George, the animal steel, come on in, if you will. So many things happening to you as of late here in the World Wrestling Federation, and I wanted to take the time to talk about 
some of the things that have been going on. Elizabeth! You like her, don't you? And... And... What's his name? What? Macho Man Randy Savage. That's it. You like Elizabeth, don't you, George? Russell, Macho Man. Saturday night main event. Good, George. That's exactly what it was. Well, George, try, George, try to explain. Little Danny Davis. He hit you on the side of the head. He blasted you with a 20-pound steel bell. Look out! Davis! That name rings a bell, doesn't it, George? Danny Davis. He's not, he's not up there. You can trust, George, you can trust me. If there's anybody in this world you can trust, it's me. Pal. Nice. George, don't kill a good thing. Davis! Downski. Thanks, George. Bye-bye. All right, and I suppose the less said about that, the better. Then from there on Wrestling Challenge, we go back in time. We see feud highlights of the Ken Patera-Bobby Heenan family storyline going on. And then it's to the ring for Ken Patera taking on Tim Patterson. And to my surprise, Bobby Heenan remains on commentary, stays at his desk. He doesn't run away here as Patera makes his way down. But we find out it winds up being for good reason. As they use this match to continue to sell the feud, Kenny continuously pointing at Heenan before the matchup and taunting him as he beats down poor Patterson here throughout the match. And it actually draws pops from the fans since Bobby Heenan is out there to sell it from the announce booth. Also during the match, we get an insert promo from Kim Patera. He says the entire Heenan family will go down. Midway through the matchup, Tim Patterson comically flexes and wants a test of strength with Ken Patera, which Patterson loses immediately. Then on commentary, Bobby Heenan selling Patera's crazy eyes and his violent animal instincts. Bobby doing everything he can to get Patera over and get the storyline over, but as you watch the action, Ken Patera here, his offense is just absolutely awful, from his arm drags to his suplex here. But I still love that jerk body slam, that body slam toss where he throws the guy like 12 feet across the ring. And then he locks in the finisher here on Patterson, the bear hug. Going to get the win in two minutes and 42 seconds. Kim Patera picks up another one as Bobby Heenan sells it from the commentary desk. Well, here's a rare one for us. Mean Gene Oakland queued up another promo here. This time it's with the ladies world champion, Mean Gene talking to the fabulous Moolah. All right, Mean Gene Oakland here. And this week, special guest, I have got to give this lady all the credit in the world. She has done something that no other has done. She has held the World Wrestling Federation ladies title longer than any other. She is legendary. Fabulous Moolah, come on in from Columbia, South Carolina, and welcome to Wrestling Challenge. Let's see that belt. Can we get a shot of that belt? That is absolutely, that's the goal. That's what it's all about, Moolah. That's what it's all about, the Moolah. That's the money. That's right. That's a beautiful belt. Thank now, you. I wonder if we can talk about some of the top contenders in the World Wrestling Federation today. Who are some of the gals that you consider the best that this great sport has to offer? Well, there's Velvet McIntyre, Leilani Kai, Debbie Combs, Judy Martin, Donna Christentello, Candice Pardue, and we could go on and on. There's quite a few girls. In fact, all of the girls are good girls, but those are the top ones. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, they have been camping on your doorstep, and I'm certain promoters are talking to you about upcoming title defenses. There is word circulating, Moolah, and I know it could be very delicate, very sensitive, but I'm, I'm very curious. Some have said that you may retire. Is there any truth to that rumor? I don't know. I don't have any reason to retire. 
Absolutely. I haven't found anybody that was woman enough to beat me yet. I'll accept that as an answer. And there's very few men that could. That's including you, Jean. Oh, please, don't get me involved. Mullah, you and I had an opportunity to work on a cartoon series on national television. I enjoyed it very much. You enjoy working with me on that? Yes, I did. I enjoyed when we took our dogs to walk. My little dog, uh... Your little dog got to my shoes is yes, what happened. Did. Yes. I didn't particularly appreciate that. Well, I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. Is there anything going on between you and Bobby Heenan? Well, that's for me to know and you to find out. Please. One thing for sure, it wouldn't be you, Gene. Oh, it wouldn't. Stay no. tuned. We're going to be right back. So they talk upcoming challengers here like Velvet McIntyre, Leilani Kai and Judy Martin, Donna Christianello, Debbie Combs, Candace Perdue. It's like six or seven ladies. All of them are the top challengers says Mula. Jean asking Mula if the rumors are true. Is she retiring? Mula stating that there's nobody good enough to take her belt, so there's no reason for her to retire. And Vince McMahon clearly has that itch up his ass again to revive the women's division. We'll have to wait and see how that goes. Replay from Superstars Update with Craig DeGeorge talking the superstar Billy Graham's hip surgery and potential return to the WWF rings. And speaking of the ring, it's back to the ring. Demolition with Mr. Fuji in their corner taking on the team of Billy Anderson and Jerry Allen. We get an insert promo from the demos in Fuji here. They say they will demolish everyone because that's the Fuji way. Smash with a nasty clothesline, and it's the demolition decapitation on Billy Anderson. Demo's going to pick up the win here, 2 minutes and 39 seconds, as we're off to Craig DeGeorge. Promo time with Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Beefcake talks his matchup last week against Dino Bravo and Greg Valentine interfering. Brudeye stating that he will turn the new Dream Team into a nightmare and cut their hair in the process. And the beefer, he didn't even thank the Rougeos for their help last week. What a dick. And we close out this promo, Brutus uh, teasing cutting Craig to George's hair, but really nothing to see here in this interview. And now it's time for, yes, yet another Killer Con vignette. I think this is like our fourth one. We see a close-up of his mouth. That's the vignette this week, a close-up of Killer Khan's mouth making weird gestures, Mr. Fuji relating him to a vampire and a devil. So Killer Khan now undead, drinks blood, and apparently the seed of Satan as well. Wow. Then to the ring, more tag team action on the show. Killer Bees taking on the team of Jimmy Jack Funk and the Masked Raider here. And the Bees now with striped socks to match the rest of their outfit. And Brunzel and Blair with more of that great innovative double-team offense that we can come to expect from them. Brunzel shooting Jimmy Jack Funk off the ropes and a leapfrog. And the Funker running right into a Brian Blair inside cradle. What the fuck? Shoots him off the rope, does a leapfrog, and the guy runs into an inside cradle? Seriously? You have to do a dead stop to take the... I think Brunzel and Blair need to be better. Nevertheless, a Brian Blair clothesline sends the Funker out to the floor, then back inside the Raider tagging into the matchup, the Bees with a double backdrop, Brian Blair with the Bee Sting, and Brunzel dropkick. Going to score the win here in 4 minutes and 45 seconds. It appears we're back to those 5-minute Bee squashes. Eh. Show rolls on, 6-man tag team action, the Natural Butch Reed teaming up with Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik, Dr. Styles Slick in their corner, taking on the trio of Joe Murdo, Special Delivery Jones, and Brad Rangans here this week. In pre-match, the Slickster taunting Jim Duggan on the microphone as Nikolai sings the Russian national anthem. Clearly, Duggan isn't here this week. Won't be here much longer, that's for sure. 
as we get an insert promo from Shiki Baby and company, there's one thing that they all agree that they like about America. And what's that, Slickster? Money! Back to the action, Shiki tries a hip-lock takeover on Rangans, but Brad reverses and hits his own. Fun stuff by the amateur champions to start Sheik versus Rangans. Really wish Brad had stuck around a while. Wish they could have done something with him on the underneath. He was honestly solid in his in-ring work here during his brief run here with the WWF. But the match goes on. Butch Reed in with SD Jones next. And they work a little bit back and forth. Jones holds the ropes, though, on a whip-off. And the natural shooting SD into the ropes. But Jones holds the ropes there after a whip-off. And does a little strut, mocking the natural. SD Jones tags out to Joe Murdo. And Nikolai Volkov in with the spinning kick, which the announcers refer to as quite a bit of agility. Nikolai Volkov with that spinning kick that he gets up to barely above Murdo's junk. Just dreadful. From there, Reed back in with a middle rope clothesline on Murdo before Iron Sheik tags in and adjusts his mustache before applying the camel clutch on Murdo. Three minutes and 45 seconds. And this will mark Sheik's final WWF appearance here for a while. And it's just as well. What little he had left in the gas tank here is all but burned out by the time he returns next year for a brief stint in 88, and he is a shell of himself by the time he makes it to the NWA in early 89. As we're off to yet another promo with Mean Gene Oakland, this time he's talking with Jimmy Hart, Danny Davis, and the Hockey Talk Man. All right, I want to bring in a big part of the Hart Foundation. Actually, it's the Jimmy Hart family <laughs> and friends. Jimmy Hart, you are on a roll right now in the World Wrestling Federation. You've got the tag team champions of the world, Brett the Hitman Hart and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. You know, they say when you're on top, you gotta let it rock, and that's exactly what the foundation's doing. Dangerous Danny Davis, the honky-tonk man, and the world champions, the Hart Foundation, baby. You know, Danny Davis, I want to quiz you regarding an incident that took place in front of a national television audience recently on Saturday night's main event, to be specific. You blasted George the Animal Steel. You came out of nowhere and blasted him in the side of the head with a 20-pound steel belt. Don't deny it. I'm going to deny that accusation. That's not what happened. You just are going to just come right out and say, I didn't do it? I didn't do I've it. I've got the videotape. I know better. <laughs> I think you're wrong. You always come out here, you always accuse someone in a hot foundation of stealing are doing something wrong in the ring. Who did I say stole anything in the Hart Foundation? I didn't say You've that. You've referred to the Hart Foundation in many different ways. I and said. I resent it. Jimmy Hart resents it. Honky Tonk resents it. And the Hart Foundation resents it. The only thing that I said recently was that when you were a referee, I got the feeling you might have been doing business. When I was a referee, I was the best referee there was. And now that I'm a wrestler, I'm going to be the best wrestler there can be. That's the, the, you, were the best, you were the best referee there, there ever was in the that's world. That's right. That's exactly. Why, that's why you got fired, right? I want you making sense. All right. Enough is enough. Thank you. Honky Talk, welcome once again. Uh, you got to tune that guitar up sooner or later, that's pal. That's what I was trying to do when you was pecking me on the shoulder and messing my song all up. Tell me about it. What Tell me about the DDT now. Tell me that the final votes are coming down. The final votes are being counted. And you tell me, you tell the world that it's over. It's over for the DDT. Well, that decision is going to be announced very shortly by World Wrestling Federation President Jack Tunney. To the best of my knowledge, though, it doesn't look like the DDT is going to be banned. Oh, to the best of your knowledge. You tell him, Colonel. Tell him how many thousands and thousands of votes you found stuffed back in a filing cabinet in the... In the in the rear side of that big fat Jack Tunney's office. Yeah, that's what's been happening to the votes, but we've got to the bottom of it now, 
And I know that my friends, and I know that all of my fans are people that love the honky-tonk man. And thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for writing in. Thank you for calling in. And please keep the cards and letters coming because the final days are coming. The final day, the final countdown. The band, the DDT. It's all over. I know it's going to be over because those hundreds of thousands of cards and letters we found in the back room will be counted. I like that a lot. <laughs> Beautiful, Is baby. Does Frida, Frida Lou like that tune? Uh, I was born standing up. Very good. Thank you, the Heart Foundation. Thank you, gentlemen. Honky there accusing President Jack Tunney of hiding votes in the band, the DDT ballot. Jimmy Hart riding high right now. Hart Foundation, arguably the best team in the company. Well, they are the tag team champions. Meanwhile, Honky Tonk Man and Danny Davis both getting over as shit as heels right now. And we all know what Honky Tonk Man is about to do. So Jimmy Hart doing well as a manager here in 1987. That'll conclude this edition of Wrestling Challenge. Not a whole lot here this week. Patera looks absolutely awful in the ring. But Bobby Heenan got him over here. Don't know how long that can go on. One Man Gang made his in-ring debut for Challenge, and that nasty elbow, always cool to see. And then the second half of the show, though, felt like filler with the Bs, the six-man tag, with all the Slicks guys. And with the Iron Sheik on the way out, Slick very lucky that the One Man Gang has just arrived. And that'll wrap up this edition of Wrestling Challenge and the month of May, but we have a special bonus here this week. We're going to start off the month of June here, at least the first day of June, June 1st, 1987 going to go back to primetime wrestling yet again here this week before we close out this edition of the grenade hosted by gorilla monsoon and bobby the brain heenan but heenan he's not alone this week nope as promised he's brought along his attorney at law lance wilshire i'm gorilla monsoon and i'm your host bobby the brain heenan and my attorney the honorable lance wilshire right bobby baby Listen, listen, Brain, I'm, I'm going to go on record right now before this program even gets started. This, even though it's a holiday weekend, I'm in the holiday spirit and everything, I want to lay the cards on the table. I don't appreciate for one moment you and this ambulance chaser over here ambulance questioning chaser. my integrity on my program. Keep and if you talking. guys get out of hand within this two-hour period, your history, both of you. Keep You'll talking, both be wearing Mr. Monsoon. It'll all come out in court. And I also have another big surprise to lay on everybody. Oh, I'm not going to show you. It'll be coming up a little later on the program. It has nothing to do with you or my attorney or anybody else. It's another, I know his name, Mr. Wilshire to you. Mr. Wilshire. You tell him, Bobby. And we may have a little case against the editor of this so-called magazine. Please. Notice how small my client's picture is? (laughs) We'll take that up later. We're also going to continue with our special report. On the superstar Billy Graham, in fact, we're going to see some very vivid scenes of the operation that superstar underwent. And I must warn you all out there at this particular point in time that if you're a little bit squeamish or you've got some youngsters, uh, this uh, particular piece of footage is very specific and a little bit on the gory side. So just a, a fair warning to all of you about that. And Lance Wilshire has arrived. Going to stick around for the duration here on this edition of Primetime Wrestling. Going to make notes of everything that Gorilla Monsoon says negatively about Bobby Heenan going to sue the WWF going to sue Gorilla Monsoon or at least that's the idea heading into this episode and as the show continues on we see the matchup between the Islanders and the Can-Am connection Bobby Heenan having a good laugh about the Islanders heel turn as we get more also from Lance Wilshire you're disgusting why can't you ever do anything up front straight like a legitimate person why do you always have to do things behind people's back? Then you wonder why I get on your case all the time. I don't have to worry about you getting on my case anymore. 
Let him talk, Bobby, baby. If I ever heard anybody using anything that we can use against him, well, that's that big galoot in the corner, let him talk, very Bobby. familiar to me. See, now that I've got... Uh, I'll never forget. You know, now that I've got my so new tag team with on, me, there's a lot with of the, things going down name, for Mr. Patera and everybody else. The family is growing constantly. You guys can't outsmart me. My I, attorney. I know my brains. I've seen that face before. And you're going to see in, it again. Not in Beverly Hills. Booby, you're going to see it again in court. It'll, so it'll, enjoy <laughs> yourself. Talk to him, Bobby. Let him to me. dig before his own grave. the program brain. is over, I'll come up with a name to match that particular kisser there. Uh, get on to something else. Handle the show for a minute. I'm going to relax. I handle the show every week because you're incompetent. That's another it. one for our camp. Mark that one Mark down. That one down. I've got it, Bobby, yeah. baby. Incompetent? Yeah. He knows the word because he down. uses yeah. it. Capital letters. That's E-N. Careful that ash there. You imagine what I have to go through, folks. I have to deal with not only this individual, but that other piece of stuff sitting over there. And again, great actor here, whoever's portraying Lance Wilshire, probably doesn't know a damn thing about professional wrestling or the WWF, or at least very little. And he just fits in so well. He does his character so well that you can't really notice it here. And he's having some fun. You spell incompetent, E-N. Now you're already wrong. That's the point. Gorilla Monsoon realizing he has his hands full this week. But he claims he, he recognizes Wilshire from somewhere, and it is in Beverly Hills. Gorilla Monsoon obviously recognizes this man portraying the Lance Wilshire character, having some fun there, but he can't pinpoint exactly who he is at this point in time. And as the show goes on, we get about an hour and 40 minutes into the program. We're coming out of a Ron Bass squash, and Gorilla Monsoon finally has enough of Bobby Heenan's attorney. Outlaw Ron Bass having his own way with Jesse Cortez. I certainly would like to see him in there with a little tough. What is it with you two? What a wonderful client, Bobby, baby. You're hey. all peaches and cream. What an attorney I got. <laughs> go ahead, You Brian. know something? Don't forget, Brain, that a pat on the back is only about 18 inches away from a kick in the behind. Keep talking, Mr. Monsoon. You'll have it all come back to you under the judicial system of California. Please. <laughs> this is not California. I can tell. Understand that you've been barred in, in a number of states already. Where's the sun? Hear that? We got him, baby. Don't worry He's about it. It's you a were piece barred. of cake. <laughs> you guys are going to force me. You should see his law point. offices. You're going to force me to play my hand, Brain. Hey, I'm dealing. You're dealing, huh? I'll let you deal. Keep it up. Keep it up. You I should see his law call. offices. All wood. Don't understand he operates out of a pinto. Listen, honey, baby, don't worry. A pinto? We got a pinto. Hey, you know you're still looking at our feature. In fact, we'll be right back. Nail him, feature time nail coming him. up here this week on Primetime Wrestling. World's heavyweight champion Hulk Hogan against the ace, all Cowboy down. Bob Orton. Too, huh? All what down is black and white. <laughs> I'm going to own the magazine, too, he tells me. That's it. Would you pass me the phone, please? Sure. I've had it. Call the unemployment office. You're yeah. right. You've had it. You've got it. Entertain no. the people for a Don't while. Don't worry You people, it. hold on. I will let you listen in if you like. We'll get the editor on this thing and nail him, too. All these things, they constitute... Now, I just don't want to own that rag. And I just don't only want to be a host here and sit here. I want some uh, City cash. Hall, please. Is there a chance of getting some good cash? Absolutely. Frank Talent? Six Fingers? Well, yes. we'll work it out. Frank, I need Just to speak to, to the me. big guy. Leave it to your friend, Lance. Yeah, I'm having some problems down there. Hey, you haven't let me down yet. <laughs> he will? You know, this guy, we maybe could use him in Beverly Hills. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I should be home club? about 9 o'clock. Have him give me a call at home. Wait, Wait table? Tour. Terrific. <laughs> tour Thanks very much. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> Good night. Good night. You're leaving? Yeah, you guys are all done. Who are you <laughs> talking to? The big guy. 
you're talking to the big guy. Yeah. Former police chief, the chief of police of Philadelphia, former mayor of Philadelphia, Frank Rizzo. Rizzo! He's going to meet me down at my house tonight and we'll Rizzo. straighten this whole thing out. Lance! Lance! Come here! Uh, obviously, uh... <laughs> Come here! You're going to have a lot of trouble. Future match Wait a minute, how up. much time do we have here? We don't have any time. We're going to our wait future match right now, regardless what you or the shyster wants wait, to talk Wait about. a minute here. World's heavyweight don't wrap champion. me up Hulk here for Hulk a minute. minute. Roll it, please. Somebody. Ah, the old line, the pat on the back 18 inches away from the kick in the ass, or something along those lines. And Gorilla Monsoon having words with Lance Wilshire there. He's going to be forced to play his hand. And as we come back from break there, Gorilla Monsoon finally has enough. He's going to make a phone call to the former mayor of Philly. And the former police of chief, or is that chief of police, Frank Rizzo. Wilshire hears the name Rizzo, and he's gone. As the final 20 minutes of primetime concludes, we see the replay of the WWF champion Hulk Hogan versus Bob Orton match from Superstars, and it appears Bobby Heenan's attempt at suing Gorilla Monsoon has went awry. And we get a few matches, primetime exclusives here, as far as I'm concerned, unless you live down in the Houston area, couple matches recently at the very first WWF Paul Bosch joint show at the Sam Houston Coliseum saw Jim Powers and Paul Roma over the shadows as well as WWF champion Fabulous Moolah pinning Angie Minnelli both matches taped back May 16th at the Sam Houston Coliseum also on this edition of Primetime Wrestling Primetime Exclusive taped back May 13th in San Diego at the Sports Arena we saw Outlaw Ron Bass scoring a win over Jesse Cortez and with Blackjack Mulligan gone Bass no longer using that back elbow to mock Mulligan, instead reverting back to his pedigree-type maneuver. Remember, it's basically Triple H's finisher, but without the double underhook. Just kind of drives the guy down. Seems kind of dangerous for the neck, but it is what it is. Ron Bass going to score a win here on primetime. And that's going to wrap up all of the TV for May of 1987, as well as June the 1st. Hope you guys enjoyed another fun one here this week. Again, I was a little under the weather. Had to do a few pauses, had to do a couple takes, had to take a few sips of water, no doubt. But we got it done. And hopefully by next time, I'll be coasting through this thing. And of course, we will lose Duggan and the Sheik, but the Islanders go heel. The one-man gang arrives, and a whole lot more coming in the month of June. And hey, we got a WWF Championship match here with Hulk Hogan on syndicated TV. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's probably the only Hulk Hogan match I'll be covering here on basic television here in 1987. All right, and that's going to wrap up this edition of The Grenade. Next time, we'll be back with June 1987 of the World Wrestling Federation. Going to look into the June news as well as house show results as we talk the arrest and subsequent firing of Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the Iron Sheik from the World Wrestling Federation. Plus, we have a new WWF Intercontinental Champion, and the World Wrestling Federation implements its very first drug testing policy. Going to have to see how that goes. Also, there appears to be dissension in the Morocco and Orton camp. Plus, the Rockers arrive and then depart. JYD, Junkyard Dog, makes his return. And the legend of Haku grows when he rips another wrestler's eyeball out. You'll find out who next week. And I'll be doing a deep dive into the Rujo's new Dream Team feud. And I know what you guys are thinking. Don't groan. It's honestly a fun feud up in their native Quebec. And we'll be looking into that, complete with the involvement of a heel, Pat Patterson. It's going to be banana. All of that, plus we'll look through the June house show results, and of course, sound bites galore, coming next week as part of the June 1987 edition of The Grenade. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. 
You can make or take calls anywhere in your home or yard with this Craco cordless telephone featuring automatic redial from Craco. Hey guys, just want to thank you one final time here this week for listening to yet another edition of The Grenade. It sucked being down for a week, but I'm back up and running. Hopefully by this time next week, I'll be back to 100%. But until then, guys, I just want to thank you so much for your loyal support. You continue listening to the show each and every week. I appreciate all your support on social media. And speaking of social media, just a reminder, you can follow me, Ray Russell, and the WrestleCopia Podcast Network, including this show here, The Wrestling Memory Grenade. You can follow us on Twitter at Wrestling Grenade. That's an R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like us at Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And of course, you can always check out my latest videos, YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Give it a subscribe if you have the time. And last but not least, don't forget the WrestleCopia Patreon account over at Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again is Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Multiple tiers to choose from, but give that $5 all-access tier a try. You get all sorts of goodies there, including early access to many of the podcasts, all of my insanely detailed show notes, digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure, and of course that Patreon-exclusive watch-along series, all of that, and so much more. It's part of that $5 all-access tier, and there's no subscription, guys. You can cancel any time. I just ask you guys to give it a try for one month. Show your support to the Wrestling Memory Grenade and the entire WrestleCopia Podcast Network if you can afford to do so. I'd greatly appreciate it. It really helps me pay the bills. So until then, this is Ray Russell saying, from pillar to post and coast to coast, you pull the pin and we'll pick up the pieces right here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. I'll see you next week. Don't miss it. Be there. Give me a break. That's right. I told him not to touch that midget. You never touch a midget. You never know where they've been. You're disgusting. You're completely disgusting.